0: Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL
1: Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and
2: Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Group on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com.
3: evening football fans and welcome to let's talk cfl podcast episode number 408 i'm your host christopher jones and this is the last episode of let's talk cfl podcast in the 2019 season is it no maybe sunday is i don't know Uh, But then the season's over and the playoffs come and we get to start all over again and we talk in the playoffs because the playoffs are way more exciting than the regular season because they count for more. And that's what's going to happen. So we got like four weeks of football left and uh, just talking with Will off air before the show starts. uh, We're going to call it, uh, uh, you know, probably around December 1st. We're going to shut the show down until after the new year. Because uh, we're going to spend some time with our family and back off from football and uh, enjoy life for a little bit and just unwind a, a little. And then we're going to come back in the off season in January where we've got the free agency and we've got the draft and we've got the combines and we've got everything else that's going to be happening. Don't forget all the coaching changes that we're going to have. And we're going to go back to our one show a week. I think that was Wednesday nights that we did that called it quits on Sunday for the off season. And then we start back up with two shows a week in the beginning of the preseason. So that's kind of the way that we're going to play our, our our little podcast for the next uh, little while, just so you don't get disappointed or anything. We're not going to do any shows during the month of December because Hey, we have a life. We have families, and, and, and they're important to us. Football's important to us, too, but, you know, we're going to spend some time with our family, and uh, so should you, right? Football season's over. Spend some time with your family. Um, okay, so what are we going to talk about today? Well, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. We got week 21, which is kind of weird, week 21, um, in the CFL. It's the first time that we've had this, I think. Maybe, maybe last year. I don't know. Uh, okay, so um, week 21, it's uh, the last week of the CFL season. We have uh, four games, and two of them are really relevant. I mean, we've got some big-time football happening here. Uh, Montreal, Ottawa doesn't really matter. Ottawa's out of the playoffs. Montreal's stuck in second place. So, you know, what? who do you really play in that game? You know, Montreal should just back off, and maybe even Ottawa might win a game. Who knows? Doubt it. Uh, then we got the Edmonton-Saskatchewan game. Well, Saskatchewan's playing for first place. they got got their one game up on Calgary right now. If they win here... A winner a tie i guess uh they secure the uh first place um and uh edmonton is going to be the crossover team no matter what so it really doesn't matter to them uh so I- i've heard that edmonton's going to rest a bunch of players including trevor harris uh i don't know he's been on a on a six game injury list they pulled him off uh, i think he needs to get some playing time but i'm not jason moss and thank god i'm not there uh second game is the Toronto-Hamilton game. Again, Toronto's out of the playoffs, so they don't give a shit. Uh, Hamilton's locked up first place in the East, and they don't give a shit. So I don't know what's going to happen in that one. And then the final game of the week is going to be exciting. It's going to be the BC-Calgary game. Uh, the, the season usually ends with a BC-Calgary game, except for the last couple of seasons. It's been really dumb not doing it. <clears throat> it's kind of tradition for BC and Calgary to play the last game of the season. It's kind of like Labor Day. Uh, at least for us, because we don't play Labor Day. It's a bye week for BC Lions. Um, if Saskatchewan wins, then the Calgary game is going to be deciding who is in second place. If Calgary loses this game, they're actually going to be in third because Winnipeg owns the season series. Uh, so Winnipeg would take second place and the home field advantage. Uh, If Calgary can win this game, then they guarantee themselves at least second place. If Saskatchewan loses and Calgary wins, Calgary will be in first place. Um, It's really weird. It's a weird feeling having the very last game in in the CFL season to have so much meaning to it. Usually we don't care by this point in time. Calgary's locked up first place and it's really a nothing game. Do I play starters? Do What happens? You know, you play a couple of D linemen and break their annex and then they don't get to play in, this, in the finals and then they get Calgary got their butt kicked. I remember that happening one year. Um, so, you know, it's just one of those things. You just, uh, what's going on? But week 21 is exciting because there are two meaningful games of football. And that's exciting. So what else are we got to talk about tonight? Okay. Teams have released their nominees for the individual player awards. Well, the teams, kind of the coach votes on this, and so does the local media. Uh, that's kind of cool. We're going to talk about that. We're talking about the snub of Trevor Harris. Uh, not Trevor Harris, I'm sorry. Uh, Andrew Harris. Wrong Harris. Rick Campbell says he hasn't been told one way or the other. I, I got a theory on Rick Campbell. Boy, I'm going to lay it on you guys later on. Okay. Jason Moss says he's leaning towards resting Trevor Harris for the week's game. What a moron. And, uh, Farhan Lousy says that the owner lions owner, Trevor, uh, David Braley is set to make some changes in the off season. What do that, what does that mean? Back to the awards. Do we think, who do we think is the front runner for coach of the year? Oh, I went in on a diatribe today. I just shot down Mr. Kelly Bale. Um, he doesn't agree. Uh, Anyhow, we're going to talk about the coaches of the year is coming up. So let's talk some football right now. Let's open up the phone lines and talk to our two panelists. Uh, Mark seems to have booked off with us again and gone to some concert. Some things just need to be more important to people. I don't know. He's gone to see a concert with the wife. Seriously, I, I did talk about family important, but not during football season. Okay. So, um and Charles is uh working late and uh you gotta give him some slack because he's actually trying to make earn a living for the family, so we'll do that. Uh first one, open up the mics here. We have Will McDonald. MacDonald, McDonald. Uh Will, how you doing? McDonald.
1: Get it right. Macdonald, I'm good, I know, I'm good, I'm good.
3: Even though your name is really McDonald but your dad changed it, I know. I had that story.
1: I told you that story, did I?
3: Yes. Yes you did.
1: Well I'd love to get I'd love to get to the bottom of that story and find out why, but well, he's dead now. You, so you'll I can't. have to wait. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not dead yet. Anyways Anyways, I mean Yes. It's uh there is the end of the season coming, which is kind of exciting. It'll be a lot more exciting during playoffs. I guarantee it. But and I, I'm, i you know, I'm going to the Grey Cup this year. So, any uh, – if uh, Saskatchewan gets to the Grey Cup, any Hamilton fans, please feel free to send me your jerseys because I'll wear them at the at the Grey Cup, okay?
3: Well, you're assuming, of course, that Hamilton's I'm, going to be in the Grey Cup.
1: Hamilton, Hamilton, and doesn't, matter. We'll Hamilton fans, doesn't matter. Hamilton fans, Montreal fans. Send me your jerseys. I'll wear my Saskatchewan's in the Great Cup.
3: You have to wear something, so, buddy. And it's not going to be green. I'll guarantee uh, you that.
1: It's not going to be green. I guarantee you that. So, yeah, I'm starting to sound like an Edmonton fan from last year, but I've always confessed my hatred for the writers. So, you know, what can you do?
3: I I did that online Speaking today, of, talking with Kelly Bale. Uh-huh. I just said, you know and he says, you picked the Riders to be in fourth this year. They, they're they ending up in first. And I said, I always pick the Riders to be in fourth. Actually, I'm surprised I didn't pick them to be fifth. I don't like the team. I said, so it really doesn't matter where I put them. It's kind of like Rod Peterson just putting the Riders in first place every year. It really doesn't matter. It's not reality. We know that. Okay.
1: Well, and in reality, to be honest with you, the Riders are – One of the big surprises of the year, let's face it. They uh, hired Craig Dickinson as their head coach because they didn't have a choice, because they couldn't talk to the two guys that they wanted to hire. And I don't know if they had any management cap left after Chris Jones pissed off two weeks before the season started or whatever it was. And then they start the season... They lose uh, one of their best offensive linemen in Brendan Labatt. And then in the first game of the season, the third play, their starting quarterback gets hurt for the entire year. So, you know what? Well, not, not the well entire year, because he's back playing football with Winnipeg. No, I know well, not... he is, but but a good part of the year. And quite truthfully, they actually have played quite well this year. Uh, I'm oh. I'm not above giving them credit. I just hate them. Okay, so so is Phil going to talk? How did you like that, Phil? That was pretty impressive on my part, right? For giving a team credit that I hate.
4: The closer we get to the postseason, the more Will has been—I don't know how to put it—critical of. Uh, Suspicious of, uh, uh, xenophobic of. Just generally, just generally hating on everything. Rough Riders and everything green. Oh oh oh! Fuck no! Hang well, on,
3: hang on. It, it, it doesn't no, have to no. be it's the end of the season. season thing. Yeah yeah. Will and I don't like the riders, and we've never hidden it. And we, it's been going on five years now that we've been admitted to this okay so it's not just because of the end of the season right now that he's taking a hate on to the riders he just does not like them period and I'm right up there with you and, I don't like the fact and, that and they're Phil, ethically and morally bankrupt
1: I've got a question for you Phil maybe you can answer this because I've never asked anybody this question how can a team that's been around for 106 107 years whatever it is only win four Grey Cups and they still have fans. How is that possible?
4: Because they've been to like 30 of them.
3: No, they have not. They've been to 19.
4: 19. Well, there you go.
3: They they are the losingest team in Grey Cup history. They have lost the Grey Cup more than any other team. In fact, I think they've lost the Grey Cup more than all other teams combined. I mean, well, their, for their, their win percentage is minuscule
1: thanks for adding that Christopher now I'm curious to know how come they have
3: fans I don't, I don't know. Get it. well I, I guess because the fans again, have nothing else to do
1: but then again the Cleveland Browns have fans too so
3: they do they do the dog pound is very, very alive and well over there isn't it <laughs> Yep. The only reason why I know that is because I love the movie Draft
4: Day. That's a great movie.
3: I have I have no idea anything about the the NFL in in, in as such. Um, but you know it. Uh, I just I watch the movies. I think they're wonderful. I, I I love the movie The Blind Side as well.
4: Draft Day is probably my favorite football movie.
3: Oh yeah, it's right up there definitely my I, I watch it all the time I, I watch it at work just you know put it on YouTube and grab a few few clips here there and everywhere kind of disappointed that they don't play the whole thing but there's something called copyright infringements or something but I just think that's anti-social. yeah I'm looking it's at the de- ten-
1: oh, yeah, go it's it's actually my default movie whenever I can't find anything to watch I watch Draft 8 Yeah,
3: it's, it's such a good movie, movie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so in in win percentages, the Toronto Argonauts have the best win percentage at .37, at .739. They've got 17 wins and only six losses, okay? Uh, The next best team is the BC Lions with .6. Uh, They've won six, they lost four in ten appearances. And going down the list from there would be the Eskimos at .591, 14 wins, nine losses and 23 appearances. Uh, the Bomber or the Stamps are next, eight and nine. They're below 500. Uh, and then the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, who have had the most appearances in the Grey Cup at 24, uh, have a 10 and 14 losing record. And then it goes down. Hamilton gets down around the .4 mark. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks are 33, and then there's the Calgary or the Saskatchewan Rough Riders that are four and 15 on 19 games for .211 win percentage. Oh wow! You any other team me. in in any other league would be fired if you're if you're batting 2.211, you're out of the league.
4: Once you get to the show, it's a coin flip and they've just lost a lot of coin flips.
3: Well, the coin flip only decides what team gets to kick and receive and which end <laughs> they go to, right? The coin flip really isn't that important in the football game. I mean, it's probably important, but it, it really doesn't, you know, it, it may decide the outcome. I doubt if it did. The, they actually have to play the game, Phil. I don't know if you noticed that or not, but the, coin flip it's not just over there it, it, there's more important things after the coin flip thought i'd share
4: our, our flawed playoff system has something to do with it as well i think we're good for another couple of great cups if we fix that yeah
3: i think we're, we're going to hold off on the, the playoff format till the off season when things are kind of uh, slow and, and meandering, and, and we'll go at that one in depth because I really like a couple of theories that I've come up with, and uh, we'll, we'll run with that one later on. Okay, so we don't have Mark, we don't have uh, Charles. There's the three of us, and we're going to preview these games. Uh, Phil, our Will, did you have something to say before we get into the games? Nope, I'm good. Okay, I thought you, 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 you barked up there for a second. Okay, Um, so the first game is the Montreal and Ottawa, and and I alluded to this in the monologue that uh, this is a mean-nothing game for both teams. Montreal is fixed in their position of second in the Eastern Division. We'll be hosting the Edmonton Eskimos. That's a fact. And Ottawa Red Blacks have missed the playoffs. Uh, That's two out of five years that they've missed the playoffs, I believe. Is it two out of five or two out of six? uh their first year they they were they went two and sixteen and this year so far they're at three and fourteen uh who's gonna win this game will and by what score so now he leaves unmute your mic you're talking to the wall I said
1: is it is it is it Ottawa at Montreal or Montreal at Ottawa
3: Montreal and Ottawa. Frank Clair Stadium, Lansdowne Park, uh, TD Play, TD Stadium.
4: Is it TD Place? I don't think so. It's Frank named something. Frank Clare Stadium at Lansdowne Park. Yeah, but it's got a
3: name. I think it's TD Place. Well,
1: okay, so... Let's see. Montreal yeah, is not going to play. Montreal not going to play any of their starters. They would be silly if they do, um, or as get away with as many starters as they can. Um, Ottawa, I don't even, I don't know who's. Mind you, Montreal's got actually Montreal's got a pretty good backup quarterback.
3: Tom Schlitz Davis is starting. Is. Tom Davis is starting. It's our. Tom said.
1: Davis is starting. Okay. So they're huh. going
3: to rest the badge.
1: Going to rest the badge. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with uh, Ottawa. Ottawa. Sixteen. Montreal. Thirty-one.
3: Stop doing that to me. Doing what? you got to do the winner first. Because I wrote down Ottawa. Oh, sorry. And then 16. And I was expecting you to do Montreal 12 or something. But then and, you go Montreal 31, and then I have to no, scribble no. it all out no, no. and do it I, over again.
1: Well, no, no. And I said, my, I said Ottawa because I was thinking they were going to win. And then I said, well, they haven't scored many points. And I said 16. And it's like, Montreal's going to score more than 16 points with whoever they have in. So that's why I decided to go Montreal.
3: Okay. So now I just made a big faux pas in what I was saying. I said that Ottawa's playing Dom Davis and they're resting the Vaj. Well, uh, Vernon Adams Jr. plays for Montreal, not Ottawa. So we don't know if Vernon, if Vernon Adams is going to be playing. All we know is it's not I'm going sure to be he's Jonathan not. Jennings.
1: I'm sure he's not going to be playing.
3: Okay. So. Yeah, who knows? It, it, it's a mean nothing game, but then, you know, he's a young quarterback and he probably could use some time in the saddle. But we'll see what happens. Maybe. So we've, I've got Will taking Montreal 31 to 16. Is that correct?
1: That is correct.
3: I had to confirm that. Okay. Montreal, big M.
4: Okay. Phil. Well, I d I don't expect Ottawa to be to be playing any backups of course because their injury list is pretty long. They're gonna put their best team on the field they can possibly put.
3: But isn't their um, entire team but a bunch of backups?
4: Yeah, I, I was kinda of gonna get to that. that way. Yeah, and I sort of kinda of tongue in cheek with saying that saying it or putting it that way to, to put it out that way. Um uh, on the other hand, Montreal uh you know, let's face it, with CFL rosters today, there's only so much of resting backups you can do. Yeah. And Montreal uh, and all' shown to have some depth this season all around, and uh, I think because they are a playoff team, <laughs> their backups that are going to play are going to come out to play. And particularly a quarterback, you know, between Matthew Schiltz and uh, Antonio Pipkin, they're, uh, they're, they're in pretty good shape. So I'm, I'm going to take Montreal, but not up by a whole huck of a lot here uh, because it's such a mean-nothing game. I'm going to take Montreal 20-16. to 16.
3: Wow. Okay, well, I, I'm i still going to take Montreal. I just don't think Ottawa has the ability to win a football game. And uh, I'm going to – I'm kind of liking your score there, Phil. uh but I'm going to step out a little bit and say that it's going to be 25 to 18. I'm going to give them both a little bit more was, credit I think they're due. What,
1: what was Phil's score?
3: 20, 20 to, 16. to 16.
1: Okay, don't both talk at once. What was Phil's score?
3: 20. 16.
1: 20 to 16?
3: Yeah, for Montreal. Okay. Are you okay with that? Do you okay. need to say it again?
1: Yeah, I'm good with we, that.
3: We we can say it again. Montreal twenty okay, say
1: it again. Ottawa say it again. sixteen. Did you say twenty two zero to sixteen? Yes. Yes, that is correct. Okay. Affirmative. Okay, got it.
3: You were thinking twenty no, two? No 0
1: no one I was, six. I I thought you were saying two eight one six.
3: That that's Jenny's okay. phone number.
1: Okay, whoever Jenny is.
3: It's not really her phone number. Hey,
1: uh, hey, Christopher, did my buddy, uh, did my buddy uh, Neil send you a
3: video today? Uh, no, no. No. He did not. What what was okay. the video? Uh, oh my God, should I ask? i I'll, I'll, I'll have to send it. Uh, he send did send me shortly. one picture of him uh, doing a pumpkin. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, moving on. Moving on. Just change the subject here because this can't be going any in a good direction here at all. Uh, the second game. The second game is well, I want to almost say the most meaningful game of the year or or, or of the week. Uh. It has a lot riding on it for a lot of teams, and we're going to say that it is uh, the Edmonton Eskimos playing in Regina. How How is Edmonton even – why would they even show up? I don't know. Okay, so we got the Eskimos. We got the Riders. William, which green team are you going to pick?
1: Well – um
3: you cannot pick them both to lose.
1: I know, that's the problem.
3: Yeah, I know. I know. I I feel your pain.
1: Okay, now first off, I think I think the writers would be stupid to play Cardi Cody Forjardo. Just saying. But they might. And uh because obviously Because, as we've just discussed, it doesn't matter if they win the Grey Cup as long as they get there. So, Mm -hmm. Ah, I guess that's important for them. I guess that's important for them. So, it's getting there that's the key. So, I'm going to pick Edmonton uh, 27 Um. Yeah, Edmonton twenty seven and riders twenty four.
3: Okay, so this is an Eskimo victory twenty seven to twenty four. Two seven, two four. Do there I have go. that correct? Is that a confirmation?
1: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you can okay. see I'm really tainted because because our our buddy Rhonda is probably ecstatic because Will McDonald picked the Eskimos two weeks in a row. That is a record in my life. Yeah. Okay?
3: Yeah. I I'm pretty sure it is. I think that she she's just thinking you're something up to her.
1: She's thinking okay. I'm drunk or something. Whoa, did I you, say that?
3: You don't drink.
1: <laughs> I know okay.
3: that. Okay. Phil. Edmonton, yeah, Saskatchewan, well, well. which green team are you going to pick?
4: I'm going to start by going back at Will McDonald and saying, why, how, in what universe would you not play or start Cody Vajardo unless, for some reason, we knew that the uh, Calgary-BC game was uh, called off and going to be called a draw. The, the Rough Riders need this game to sew up first place in the West?
1: Okay. The question, the question is very simple, Phil. Do you want Cardi, Cody Fajardo available for the playoffs or not?
4: You want a home playoff game to start with. And you want well, a, why, you have a, you're guaranteed. Hang, hang on, You're guaranteed to guarantee a game. playoff game. And we They're want the buy. We want to go to the Grey Cup the same way the Calgary Stampeders have con- gone to the Grey Cup for but three seasons. But in you're own.
1: not you're not going to the Grey Cup if Cody Fajardo's not there.
3: And 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 how how well that has that worked for Calgary?
4: They got what? One victory in three games?
3: Is that what you're saying? Wasn't it?
4: Getting to the Grey Cup is the first thing. And to get to the Grey Cup, the best chance to be in a Grey Cup is to host the Western Final. Okay.
3: Okay. I'm not going to argue with that. It's it's sound logic. But Will's also right. It, It sucks to lose good team players in the last game of the season.
4: I hope they get up by enough points early that Cody can be finished the game by the end of the third quarter. And that said, I think the Riders are going to have their foot on the gas early on. So I'm going to give them the edge by 31-20 to and – all those thirty-one points will be scored by seven and a half minutes into the third quarter. Who's
3: who's your kicker?
4: Who's your, who's your field goal
3: kicker? Lothar. Who? Lothar? Mr.
4: Yeah. So is he yeah. scoring all won. the
3: points? Are we talking about
4: field goals here? No, actually, the Riders are second in red zone efficiency in in the CFL.
3: I, I I'm not I'm not disputing that. I just asked a question.
4: Yeah, well if you if you uh listen to uh CKRM, you'll find out that uh the last few weeks it's only been six dollars off pizza at Western Pizza. That means that Brett Lothar has kicked two field goals in the previous week. Uh, we haven't had one of those fifteen dollars off pizza night or pizza weeks for a long time at Western wow. Pizza.
3: I just learned something about the CFL. Did you know that in in 1940, in the year 1940, is the only year that it happened, they, the uh, Grey Cup was decided by uh, the highest point score in a two-game series. They played one game November, November 30th and the next one on December 7th. It was the Ottawa Rough Riders and the Toronto Bull Beach. I did not I did not know that. Huh. Interesting. <clears throat> Ottawa won the Grey Cup by a combined score of 20 to 7.
4: All Eastern Grey Cup. That didn't kill the league. Sorry,
3: I, I think there were only Eastern teams in the league at that point in time.
4: Yeah, I think you're right.
3: Okay, so Mark's just given me his scores. He's got uh, Montreal 26, uh, Ottawa 17. And then he's got Saskatchewan 30. And uh, Edmonton 16. Okay, so CJ's going to take this. Yeah, I'm still trying to get that catch that Will guy in the standings here. So what am I going to do here? I'm going to have to go with Saskatchewan, and I am going to go with Saskatchewan 38, uh, Edmonton 24. Okay. So we're going to jump over to the third game of the of the week hang on here where did we go here um so we got one friday night game and we've got three saturday games again okay so the saturday games start at one four and seven uh friday night football starts at four these are all west coast times so you subtract whatever you need to or add whatever you need to for your particular time zones uh, the the next game, the third game of the year, week, is the Toronto Argonauts are into Hamilton uh, down the freeway to play the Tiger Cats in Timbit Field. Hamilton is locked up first place. Toronto is missing the playoffs second year in a row. Yeah, second year in a row. And a terrible sco- uh, like. 3 and 15 or 3 and 14 records so far. It's absolutely disgusting. I think both Ottawa and Toronto have the same. Oh, no, no. Toronto's got four wins. My apologies to Toronto Argonaut fans. They have four wins and 13 losses, and the Ottawa Red Blacks are at three wins and 14 losses. So Toronto could actually win this game against Hamilton because. Uh, Hamilton should be resting most of their starters because it's a mean-nothing game to them. So Toronto's uh, playing for pride. They're playing for position for next year. They're playing for a lot of different reasons. Is Toronto going to be able to mount some type of an effort against the Hamilton Tiger Cats? My answer is not. But let's move on. Uh, William, you want to pick your score here? By the way, uh, where did Mark go? I'll just give you Mark. A naked little boy here. Uh, Hamilton twenty-one, Toronto nine. Is uh is Mark's score twenty-one to nine? Now, oh, I just got a phone number for Charles, so let's bring Charles in here before I get Will to start on this game. Uh should I just play him straight into the? The thing here, and hopefully we don't get Anne-Marie on the answer machine. Look at that. We got Charles right off the bat.
2: Yeah, we're quickly.
3: Speak up. There you are. You're on, you're on the air, Charles. I don't know hello. if you're listening to the podcast or not. Uh, we we've, we've previewed – hello, Charles. We previewed hello. Montreal, Ottawa, Edmonton, Saskatchewan. Uh, we okay. need your scores for those two games if you want to do them.
2: All right, I'll just go quickly here. Uh, so Montreal, Ottawa. Well, everybody beats Ottawa. This one's not really hard to predict, as far as I'm concerned. I'm going uh, with Montreal winning thirty-five to twelve. Uh, okay. in Saskatchewan and Edmonton. Um, I don't see Edmonton going into Saskatchewan and beating them, especially after they lost to them at home last week. So I'm going to say uh, Saskatchewan 30 and
3: uh, uh, Edmonton 17. Okay. Uh, the, all of our scores are very close in there. So there, you do have a, a different score than everybody else, so we'll just leave them like that. But you're very close to a couple. Okay. Okay. So uh, you are first up on the Toronto-Hamilton game.
2: All right, well, uh Toronto is um getting ready to go home, and Hamilton's getting ready to have a buy into the first round, so this is uh really means nothing to either one of these teams uh both of these teams the thing is though they are um rivals th- the main rivals for one another, so there's always a little bit extra when Toronto plays Hamilton, but I don't know how much that's going to be. I don't know how much we're going to see of the Hamilton starters with, um, you know, they want to make sure they get through this as many, uh, um, as little uh, injury as possible. Remember a few years ago when Calgary decided to um, play all of their starters for a good portion of the game, and I believe in one game they lost three offensive linemen, and they didn't end up winning the Grey Cup that year because their offensive line got depleted. Uh, you might see the starters maybe for a quarter, but I think Orlando Steinauer is smart enough. To, uh, this is a mean-nothing game, and uh, even if they have to um, sit the guys for most, if not all, of the game, I don't think anyone would blame them. They're, they've they got really nothing to play for and nothing to prove. They've had a good year. Toronto's just trying to get out of this game without uh, having guys uh, getting injured to start the off season. So, I think it's going to be close because I think you're going to see a lot of the backups for Hamilton playing, but I do think Hamilton will still win. I, I, this is probably going to be a lackluster game. Uh, so, I'm going to say Hamilton 21 and Toronto 15.
3: That was 1-5? Yes, 15.
2: Not 15. Okay. Not for Toronto.
3: No, no, I understand that. 1-5. I didn't know if you said 1-5, one 1-6. I got a little baby crying in the background here. Sorry, guys, if that's didn't
2: heard that. He didn't like my pick, apparently, because he started crying. No, he did not. He
3: just started wailing as soon as you picked to score. Um, you don't think the Toronto Argonauts are playing for some pride here, and they're playing for uh, auditioning for jobs for next season? You don't think they're going to come out there and, and give it their all? You think they've I mean, packed up and gone golfing? Uh,
2: I don't know. I or they mean, just don't have ride, anything to give? I mean, Really, I just if you're an Argo player, even though you're playing Hamels and on, I just see this as really tough to get up for this game. Um, I mean, yeah, you want to play for pride, but at the same time, you don't want to uh, screw up your off season with an injury. But, uh, hey, they might come out and play a heck of a game, but uh, I don't know. I just have a trouble, tough time seeing them get up for this one, so maybe they will. Maybe they'll surprise me. I'm just not convinced it's going to be that big for them.
3: Okay. William. Yes.
1: You know what? I think Hamilton is going to play as few of their starters as they possibly can. And Toronto is going to play all their starters because it doesn't matter whoever the starting quarterback. Hopefully it's not James Franklin. Oh my God. Why would they bother? Um, so, hey, I'm going to go uh, Argonauts, Argonauts 40, and Hamilton
3: 19. You're serious, right? Yes, I'm serious. Have I ever not hey. been serious? No, you, you, you've always been serious. And, but and I just
1: noticed, notice, notice. When I made that announcement, your grandson didn't cry. So that must tell you something.
3: Yeah, he didn't like I, my pick, but he
1: apparently liked yours.
3: I, I just, yep. I don't think Toronto has scored forty points in four games combined this year. Never mind one.
1: Well, but to have McLeod, Bethel, Thomas. He's 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 capable of doing that. So. I, I'm, I'm giving you a chance, CJ, to be tied with me as the biggest loser. Okay, so
3: <laughs> there you go. This is mighty sporting of you. Hey, okay, Mark Scott, Hamilton Tiger Cats winning this one, twenty-one to nine. Phil, what's your take?
4: Well. I think everybody involved with the Toronto Argonauts organization is going to be watching this game very closely. The future of the Toronto Argonauts and the future of many jobs around the team are going to be decided a little bit by what happens in this game. And for that reason, I'm, I'm going to pick the Toronto Argonauts to win this game because Hamilton is going to be resting some of his starters. They have no reason to, uh, to risk anything in this game. And I believe Orlando Steinauer is smart enough that he will not. So I'm going to take the uh, Toronto Argonauts, say, 28 to 24.
3: You know, you've pissed me off, right? I just thought I'd share that with you. Cause I figured for sure you're going to take Hamilton and I was going to take Toronto because Toronto was, uh, has a fair shot at, at winning this one. And I was going to go 28 to 25 and now you're just taking 28 to 24 and I can't do that. Cause that's off by one point and one of the point is going to be that. Yeah.
4: I, I watermelon
3: blocked you. You did. Yeah. You got that watermelon on your head. I, and Is there tin foil under that so you don't get your hair all greasy? Saran wrap. I'm taking the Toronto Argonauts and I'm going to take them 32-25. I'm going to go a little higher on this one. I probably should go the other way because Phil's going to win this one. But I'm taking the Argos. Okay. Wow. The last game of the season between the Calgary Stampeders and the British Columbia Lions. This is it. This is for all the marbles. Uh, BC Lions are auditioning for next year. They are showing why they need to stay put, why they should be brought back. Same with most of the coaches and general manager and owner and everything else. Um, Stampeders got to win this game to stay ahead of Winnipeg. Secure a home playoff position. They do not want to be going to Winnipeg in November to play football. They do want to keep in pace with Saskatchewan. If Saskatchewan loses, Calgary wins. They're in um, first place overall. Ooh, it, it contested game right to the end. Charles, your pick.
2: Oh man, I never ever want to pick against my team, but at the same time, I've got to be realistic on this one. Um, Let's face it, the BC Lions, they've got nothing to play for. They're in a much similar situation as the Toronto Argonauts. And the Calgary Stampeders, uh, they've got lots to play for. they still got a shot at first place. Now, by the time this game kicks off, they may not have a shot at first place anymore because will know the Saskatchewan edmonton result if Saskatchewan wins that game, the Saskatchewan gets first place. So um but they still will have second place on the line. They've got to win this one to secure a home playoff game. If not yes. it's they're still going important. To Winnipeg. It's still a, even yeah, even if they're not in the running for first place, they still got something to play for. So um this is the thing so you're going to see a lot of the um, Stampeders' top players, I'm sure. Um, the Lions, well, I mean, they're going to dress their top players probably too, but, I mean, when you got a team that has something to play for and they're playing their starters against a team that's really got nothing. I mean, they're playing, spoiler, but our and final week of the season, final home game of the season... Do they want to, I mean, go all out to play spoiler? At the same time, like you said about the Argos, do they have pride and so on? And one difference between the Argos and the Lions, the Lions are playing at home against their home fans. Uh, Do they want their team to go out? and Do they at least want to go out and put on a good show for the home fans for the last time this season? And, you know, guys are playing for jobs and so on. Uh, this is a tough one because my heart is telling me to pick the Lions because I always do. But my head is telling me to pick the Stampeders because, quite frankly, they just have more to play for and are probably going to be the more inspired football team. Uh, What the hell, though? I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say 21-20 BC uh, in a close game. And they play the spoiler for the Stampeders. My confidence in this pick? Very, very zero. low. But I'm going to do it anyways. Close I know to I'm zero. a honor. I get it.
3: William, what do you got for a score on this one?
1: Well, you know what? I, I, think, I think the BC Lions will be more motivated than we think they'll be to be this because there's a lot of Calgary-BC connection in this game. You got Clay Brooks, you got Tate, you got Nick Lewis. Um, You got players. That's right. You got players. So, yeah. Um, There's a bunch, there's a couple of players. Lamar Durant, he's not going to play because he's injured. Um, But, yeah, there's some connection here. So, I think they're going to give Calgary everything they got because, of course, these guys aren't going to be in the playoffs. Like Calgary is, so you might as well kick them in the, you know what? Yep. If you can, or the playoffs start, um, and and just so Phil knows that I'm an equal opportunity employer, I would not play my starters if I was Calgary. They made the playoffs already. It's that simple. Just you don't think the home playoff game is important enough? No, I don't. I don't because okay. we did it before. We did it before, and they and you, hurt two guys and they lost their home playoff game. Doesn't matter home or away. You got to get to the playoffs first. And they've well, already they're going to get. The they're
3: in the playoffs. They got to get to the Grey Cup. Um, That's So right. if Saskatchewan loses, is your philosophy the same? What. You rest your players. Yes,
1: absolutely. Even though you're, absolutely. you you have
3: first place on the line with a bye. And
1: absolutely, and Calgary uh, and Calgary is beat up right now, and I, I, they could use I think an extra you're week off. Idiot. Well, no offense,
3: okay. no offense. You're, no you're offense. Allowed, you're allowed, I don't well, think no, Dave Dickinson by that, could do that. But,
1: well, no, I'm not saying he can do that or he will do that, but I'm just thinking from outside the box. And it's happened to them before. Okay? Oh, we know. Twice. I know. And so it just doesn't make sense. But will they play their starters? Of course they'll play their starters. But I mean, you think about it. Say somebody comes in on Bull Levi and, and takes Rolls his up knee his out, not on purpose or whatever. Yes, or whatever. Well, then you switch to Nick Arbuckle, who, yeah, he's he was good when he played this year, but he's not Bo Levi. Okay? I'm just saying. So, but I, I guess I'm sure they use this back and forth all day long. And I guarantee you that if if a player is on the cusp between – Taking the game off and playing in the game because of injuries or a beat up body, he will not play. Because they want their starters for the playoffs. Okay, who do we think has? Do, do you think Calgary has a better chance going into Winnipeg with Bo Levi as the starter or Nick Arbuckle as the starter? That's all I'm saying. Anyway,
3: well, nobody's going to dispute that. We know the answer to that.
1: I should, in reality, I should pick BC in this game, so I would be guaranteed a Stampeder win. Every
2: time okay, you do, but lose.
1: I know, so I can't. I can't do that though. This weekend, I'm gonna say it's gonna be a fairly close game. I think. I mean, but once again, you also got to think BC doesn't have their starting quarterback. And I don't. Who is who is the quarterback in BC right now?
3: Danny O'Brien. Danny O'Brien.
1: Danny O'Brien. And has he been impressive or not?
3: He's been Uh, in pylon mode.
1: Okay. So that'll change me a little bit. I'm gonna say Calgary Stampeders 32, the BC Lions 16.
3: Unless we see Brandon Bridge. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh, somebody's got to have some humor <laughs> here. Mark is picking BC twenty three seventeen. Really? Mark's a loser. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going there. I think BC is the one that's going to lose here. Uh, Phil, pick your score. Sorry, Christopher. Did, did Mark take BC? He did. Yes. By what score? Twenty-three
4: seventeen. Oh. I. You guys aren't going to believe this. I, I might have to take BC. But, I, you know, I, I know that I realize that Charles is right in there, too, at 20 to 19. Uh, Charles has gone 21-20. 21-20? 23-17? No, a lot of them
2: are in the same area. Yeah,
4: yeah. And be, this would be a record if I were to take B.C., uh, this would be a record, of point spread where a majority of panelists took took the wrong team. So I'm gonna that I'm ha- gonna take Calgary. That's happened Calgary's. many
3: times. That's happened many times.
4: The, the scores are so close that I don't think I can, I don't think I can fit in there anyway and get the points. So I'm gonna take Calgary, just uh, about 28 to 20.
3: You're really starting to piss me off, Phil. I don't want to go after Phil anymore.
4: Did I watermelon block you again?
3: Yep. Bang on. That was my exact score. Uh, I'm going to take the Calgary Stampeders 34 to. 24 34 to 24 and that's a wrap on the picks for the 2019 CFL regular season the panel has spoken you guys all comfy with your scores doesn't matter we're not changing them now okay oh what's going on over here Oh, it's just Charles. Okay. Uh, Segment five, moving on. The teams have released their nominees for the individual player awards. Any surprises? Any snubs? I'm not surprised that Andrew Harris got snubbed. How's that? Is that a good one?
2: I don't think anyone is.
3: No. He got one vote out of four. Out of four, out of five. One vote out of five. Bob Irving is and the we only know one that who, voted and for him. And we know who he, voted he, for him.
1: Bob, Bob Irving. Even, Bob,
3: Irving yeah. Bob Irving. Even his coach, Mike O'Shea, voted against him.
4: Jesus okay. Christ.
3: No, that's Christopher, but you're close.
2: Okay. <laughs> I think that's very telling, by the way, too.
4: What, Can I add that if O'Shea is not out of Winnipeg next year, Harris is. Uh,
2: interesting concept. Harris will never leave Winnipeg. No, Harris is there to stay. I think.
3: I I After personally this- think. Hang on, hang on. If if Andrew Harris leaves Winnipeg, Michael Shea will get lynched.
4: Yeah. So O'Shea just, is done in Winnipeg. <laughs>
3: Yeah, I'm just putting that out there, okay? Uh, we're going to talk about coaches in a bit. We got, both, uh, we got a segment on Rick Campbell, and we got a segment on, uh, on uh, Coach of the Year. So we can talk about coach. I have a theory on coaches, and I'm going to throw it out there to see what you guys think of it. Uh, okay, so the team's nominees. Uh, MOP, BC Lions, Brian Burnham, no surprise there. That's a unanimous decision. Okay? Unanimous decision. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos have Trevor Harris. Stampeders have Reggie Begelton, Cody Fajardo in Saskatchewan. Willie Jefferson in Winnipeg. Okay, so there's your MOP selections for the Western Division. Who wins it? Just for the West? Just for the West. I'm going to write it down. West nomination, MOP... Who gets it? Reggie Bagleton, Trevor Harris, Brian Burnham, Cody Fajardo, or Willie Jefferson?
2: Uh, my I I like to I want Burn, I'd like to see it's Burnham. I don't think it's going to be be. Uh, I mentioned this before because he's not on a playoff team. I honestly think the West uh, nominee is going to end up being Cody Fajardo.
3: I think you could discount Willie Jefferson and Trevor Harris. Just yeah, eliminate that. I don't think
2: either one of those and ones.
3: You got Cody Fajardo, Reggie Bagleton, and Brian Burnham. Brian Burnham. And you're going with Fajardo.
2: I think it's going to go to Fajardo. Um, I want it to be Burnham, but it's not. I just don't think it will because you're not on the playoff team. So I think it will go to Fajardo.
3: I, I really dislike that attitude. I don't that. I'm not saying you're wrong. Mhm. I just I, I just don't like it. Okay? Because I'm going to actually me, I'm I'm going to write these down here, okay?
2: No. Yeah.
3: I should do this twice.
2: Cuz for me, uh, it's most outstanding player, not most valuable player. Uh if it were most valuable player, to me the uh darter would win. Yeah. No question to me most valuable player too though that uh that holds water to me in terms of um Burnham not getting it, but most outstanding player is just basically based on individuals so I think um in the west i just on the the catches and the way he's performed i uh, I personally think the most outstanding player is Brian Burnham, but I think too many people are gonna lean towards um Uh, Fajardo because the Riders are in the playoffs and potentially first place so that's why I think Fajardo is going to get the nod
3: okay
1: Uh, William who you got there hands down 100% Brian Burnham
3: okay we don't have Mark here pick but we're going to get his pick um, Phil, who you got? Never mind. You're talking about the premier elite player in the CFL right now, so it's going to be Cody, right? Elite
1: quarterback.
4: Come on. Elite. Well, no, premier quarterback. Two weeks ago, my pick was Brian Burnham.
3: Okay, is it still but, there for the West? You no, know, I, I
4: think. I think as you know, as uh, Brian Burnham has kept up his play as good as he could with the statistics the last couple of weeks, particularly with his starting quarterback being down. But Cody Vajardo has finished a, a last play or last minute drive for a walk-off field goal again, yet again in this last week. So I am changing my pick to Cody Vajardo of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders.
3: I'm shocked and dismayed.
1: You know, I'm amazed that you say you've changed your mind in the last two weeks, he lost to Calgary and he almost lost to Edmonton. Wow. Okay.
4: Uh, I know what that
3: calls for. (laughs) (laughs) No, that was funny. (laughs) Uh,
4: That that Calgary was a week before that. uh, Okay.
3: So, CJ is Not going out on a limb here at all. He is going to pick the solid choice for MOP this year. And the only true person in this list that is outstanding is Brian Burnham. Now, the problem is, does everybody else see it the same way? Obviously, we don't see it all that the same way on this page, including my homer. My my Homer buddy over there, Charles.
2: Okay. Oh, trust me. If it were my vote, I would. I'd be picking Brian Burnham in a heartbeat. I'm just going with well, who I think you, is going to get it. And I think that too many people uh, value the playoffs in this, and this is why they're going to go with Fajardo. If it were up to me, it'd be Burnham without a, without without even thinking about it.
3: Well. Okay. Well, lineman special teams and a rookie. Okay. Now we're One going to do the Eastern
1: division. Should, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. One of the things we should talk about in a later show is out of these guys. Okay. And, and Charles said Burnham's not going to win because he's not in the playoffs. Let's see of the other guys that are in there, how well they perform in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That'll be an interesting comparison.
3: Yeah. To okay. See if it
1: was even worthwhile excluding Burnham.
3: So we're going to go. Yeah, good point. We're going to go over to the Hamilton Tiger Cats or the Eastern Division and start off with the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Unanimous selection of Brandon Banks. Uh, Toronto Argonauts by default have gone with Darrell Walker. That's kind of the way that uh, Calgary did with Bully by Mitchell last year. They just had nobody else. Uh, Ottawa Red Blacks have Avery Williams. Who? And uh, Montreal has a unanimous selection of Vernon Adams, Jr. Charles, who's your pick here?
2: Well, first of all, I'm looking up to see exactly who Avery Williams is. Cause yeah. I, uh, no, no insult, <laughs> but I honestly have never heard of him. He's a yeah. linebacker, apparently, for the Red really? They're going with a linebacker. Well, he's also their defensive
3: everything. selection, so that, that would stand a reason.
2: Yeah, okay, that tells you everything you need to know about the Red Blacks this year. Uh, so he's not going to be my pick. Actually, uh, despite the fact that I'm not a fan of his, uh, Braden Banks would be my pick without without hesitation on this one.
3: I, I think I can just put Ditto Mark straight across the board on this one, personally. Uh, William?
1: Yeah, I gotta go with Brandon Banks. But to be honest with you, I would have went and went uh, Dane Evans as quarterback for their outstanding player, but he's not in the list. So let's go Brandon Banks.
3: Interesting, Inter- in- interesting synopsis there. Uh, yeah, okay, you got Banks, uh, William, or sorry, Phil. Turn on Phil? your mic first. Phil, turn on your mic. Okay, Phil's disappeared. Did
2: we lose him?
3: No, he's on here somewhere, but he's just not talking. Okay. And Sorry, I'm, I was on a, a pee run. Well, you got to be a little quicker with the pissing, okay? <laughs> Shake it more than twice you're playing with it. Now let's go. Who is your MOP for the Eastern Division?
4: Oh, This is... uh, I wish it was a lot tougher than it is because uh, there just isn't much there. Uh, Darrell Walker, he's a terrific player. He's had a good season, but I'm certainly not going to give it to him. And, of course, Avery Williams, he's a great middle linebacker, but it's not like he had a Solomon Alamemian-type season the year. He won most outstanding players, so So it comes down to Vernon Adams Jr. and Brandon Banks. The media out east loves Brandon Banks, and I believe we're going to get golden stars for these. So uh, I'm going to pick Brandon Banks for the Eastern nominee. Okay. Uh, We're going to
3: go to the defensive players right now on the uh, Western Division, and the Western Division defensive players are, for the BC Lions, TJ Lee. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos Larry Dean, Calgary Stampeders Trey Roberson, uh, Calgary Stampeders Charleston Hughes, and Willie Jefferson for the Bombers. Charles, who are you gonna pick here?
2: Uh, I'm gonna pick Willie Jefferson. He is, he's had a really, really good le- season. He's been kind of the, uh, the top of that defense there in Winnipeg. Uh, they have had their ups and downs, but for the most part, he's been very good this year. So I'm, I'd pick Willie Jefferson. He
3: he set a uh, record this year, didn't he? Uh, he sent he set a CFL record last week. Yeah. Do you remember Knockdowns. that? Knockdowns. Knockdowns. That's downs. right.
1: Knockdowns.
3: Yeah. Knockdowns. Okay. William, who are you gonna pick?
1: You know what? He does not impress me that much. To be honest Never with did. you, I, I think I think he's more hyped than anything. Um, I'd be called a homer if I picked Trey Roberson, and not normally the defensive backs get that. So, and Phil Charlton is going to fall off his chair. Phil is going to fall off his chair when I say this, Charleston Hughes, because he's doing it every single year continuously. Is this not his second or third year in a row where he's led sacks? It's at least yeah. a second. So there you go.
3: Okay. Certainly Phil, not
1: going to be me. Yeah.
3: Who are you going to take there, Phil?
4: Well, some interesting nominees. I, I like that TJ Lee nominee out of BC. Very interesting. Take a, a defensive back that, you know, I, don't, I hadn't heard a lot of talk about. Not like I read about the BC Lions every day. Uh, but uh, I had noticed him on the field, and I think I talked about him in previous podcasts. So that was really interesting. Let okay, you' he's had a great season. Hang yeah. on
3: just for a second, on T.J. Lee there. Uh, the the interesting thing about defensive backs, if you don't hear anything about them, that's a good thing.
4: No, absolutely, I agree. You I only agree. talk about like defensive backs when
3: they're getting burned.
4: Yep. yep. Out in Saskatchewan, though, we we do write stories about defensive backs who are not getting burned, and the ball's not even coming their way. The, yeah, the you lockdown guys- corners, so to speak.
3: You write stories about gophers too, so it really doesn't count much.
4: Uh, Larry Dean had a great season. Trey Roberson, what a season uh, for a defensive back! That was that is uh, when, it, when a defensive back can inject like like lightning and thunder into a into a game. That that's something and says something. Uh, when they were one of those takeaway type lockdown corners or, or d- defensive halfbacks like Trey Roberson is. So, that said, I, I can't give it to Charleston Hughes um, because he, he falls off a little bit at the end of the season, and I thought it was an interesting pick by uh, by Mr. McDonald, but I'm going to have to go with Willie Jefferson of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Really? The team knockdown is a tremendous, tremendous uh, feat, and... Like, like, he's also fallen off in recent weeks, but during the summertime, he was something else to watch. He was the best player on the field for most of July and August and, and June, even, in, in my opinion, in the entire CFL. Okay. And, and
3: CJ is going to go off the board again. I'm taking Trey Roberson. Uh, stellar season. Stellar season. And, you know, I don't usually know the names of opposing teams players, particularly they're on defense because I really don't pay attention to them. But when I know Trey Roberson's name and I watch him play and I'm impressed with his actions on the field, uh, it's got to say something because I've actually paid attention to this man. So, yeah, I'm taking Trey Roberson here. And uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, the only one here that didn't get any loving is uh, TJ Lee, which is really kind of sad, Or and Larry Dean. Okay. Uh, over to the Eastern Division, we have Simone Lawrence, Clayon Lang, Avery Williams, and Enoch Mwamba. I don't know. Enoch Mwamba had a good season, okay? Simone Lawrence had a amazing season leading the leagues in in uh tackles uh despite missing two games okay uh, i'm gonna let this one go to charles who are you gonna pick there buddy
2: Uh, um um uh i'm gonna have to go with simone lawrence i think he's had a a really really good late, uh season. He's been the anchor of that Hamilton defense that has been so good this year. Um you look at it, he leads the uh, CFL in tackles with 95, four quarterback sacks, three interceptions. Uh he's definitely my pick in the east.
3: Okay. William
1: You know, I hate, picking, I hate picking Eastern guys. But I, know. I, I, think, I, I think the one who stands out in my mind mostly, and I don't know if that's because he's got a big mouth or there's been so much controversy with him this year or whatever, whatever. I'm going to pick Simone Lawrence.
3: I, I don't think you're picking him because of whatever reason or because he's he's, he's just a fucking amazing player. Uh, yeah, he is. Bill, what do you got?
4: Well, if if I was morally as, as uh, disturbed
3: no, they, they, as yeah, the yeah. Winnipeg it, media a point. is about Andrew...
4: If I was that, as morally disturbed as the Winnipeg media is about Andrew Harris and not picking him as their choice for MOP, then I wouldn't be able to pick Simone Lawrence. But I am picking uh, Simone different- Lawrence... Hands absolutely down, two hands different down.
3: scenarios. So,
4: it's the those, same thing. you
3: can't even you cannot compare those two. One was a football play; the other one was cheating.
4: The league compares them identically, and the CBA, the players. That's well. I mean the players are our league. It's a two-game suspension either way. Both players I think should be eligible. So I'm picking Simone Lawrence. It's my protest pick because of some shallow-minded people in Winnipeg who wouldn't pick Andrew Harris.
3: Uh, oh, okay. but You get the raspberry award there.
4: <laughs>
3: I'm going to pick Lawrence as well because, because he deserves it. Absolutely deserves it. And I think he got uh, villainized over the hit on uh, Cody uh, – Zach Caleros, I don't think it was a dirty hit. I don't think it was a late hit. And I don't think he should have got suspended over it. So I'm still sticking with that gun, regardless of what anybody says. Simone Lawrence is the best defensive player in the CFL. He's going to win it all, without question. Um, Okay, back to the Western Division. Top Canadian. And in BC, we've got a guy named Lamar Durant. Unfortunately, he got injured. Uh Edmonton's uh oh, fuck you? Uh Butang. Okay? Bakua uh, Baku, uh, Baku, Butang.
4: Johnny Baku, okay. yeah. Baku really?
3: Yes, the Duatang. Uh Calgary has Corey Greenwood, Canadian in Saskatchewan is Cameron Judge. Who? And uh in Winnipeg it's Mike Miller. Who is Mike Miller? Because he's got nominated for special teams too. Is this a tackling guy? He's, a he's not a teams, kicker.
1: He's a special teams player. He's a special teams player.
3: Wow, it's kind of rare that's not a kicker on special teams. Okay, uh, Charles, pick your pick yes. your poison, top Canadian.
2: Uh, top Canadian for me here. Um, this one's kind of a tough one for me, but I'm gonna go with Kwaku Boateng, believe it or not. Uh, Every time I was watching an Eskimos game, I was constantly, constantly hearing his name. When the defense was on the field, he seemed to be having quite a good year. Um, Lamar Durant was an early um, candidate for me this year, but uh, I guess the injury kind of uh, derailed that. So I'm going with Donnie Duotang, as as uh, as Will said it. He's my pick for top Canadian.
3: Okay. And William, who do you have?
1: I'm gonna make w- Rhonda freak out again. I'm going with Double D. Donnie Duetang.
3: Donnie Duetang.
4: And uh, Phil. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you cracked me up, Mr. McDonald. Okay, um, Mike Miller is that fullback? Is been used pretty successfully in Winnipeg this year. You were wondering who he was. I think Christopher. Or some, he's
3: a fullback,
4: and and he's a he's a good good cousin of mine. Uh, no, not really. But uh, Corey Greenwood, I he he would have been my pick because uh, up until his injury, he was having an outstanding season. And so you're picking Corey Caesar, Greenwood. CFL or at, at his age, that was that was remarkable. Unfortunately, only playing twelve games means that I'm going to have to rule him out, and I'm going to have to go with the will linebacker Cameron Judge of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Cam That's Judge hom- has really come along, and I'm going to predict something. That's right a now. homer pick. Yep. In in 2020, Cameron Judge will be the starting no! linebacker, of Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Don't don't do that. That was too loud. Where's Homer? You got to turn uh,
3: Homer down a
4: little bit, okay? Don't
3: have Homer heard that it loud. You
4: first. In 2020, the Rough Riders will be starting Cameron. No! In the linebacker.
3: <laughs> Is that? <laughs> Charles, stop doing that. It's not me. Well, oh, that's <laughs> you saying it. What? No, wasn't. <laughs> I'm going with the duotang. Yep. Okay. Just because we can uh, linemen. Well, there's one that's definitely going to be won by the BC Lions. Well, wait, don't we have to do
2: the Eastern Canadians?
3: <laughs> no, they don't count. Oh, okay, shit. let's do the Eastern Canadians. Hamilton's Canadians, Brandon Revenberg. Toronto Argonauts, Cleon Lang. Mm. Ottawa Red Blacks, Nolan McMillan. And Montreal Alouettes, Enoch Mwamba. Charles?
2: Yep, and the one you just said, Enoch Mwamba, is my pick here. Um, that was a resurgent Montreal defense, and he was uh,
3: a big part of
2: it. So he was the leader of that defense. So he's my pick for uh,
1: Eastern top Canadian.
3: Okay. And Will? Let's do this real quick, guys. Well,
1: the only name I, the only two names I recognize are Cleon Lang and Henock Mwamba, and I hate Henock Mwamba, so Cleon Lang.
4: Really? Okay. Phil? I'm going with Hinoch Mwamba because he has stopped missing tackles. Uh, last season he missed more tackles than anyone in the league, and uh, I'm giving Cleon Lang a – Honorable mention. At least in recent weeks, he's been impressive.
3: Okay, uh, back to the Western Division. Lineman, offensive lineman of the year. BC Lions, Joel Figueroa. Uh, Edmonton Eskimos, David Beard. Uh, Calgary Stampeder, Shane Bergman. Saskatchewan, Dan Clark. Uh, Winnipeg, Stanley Bryant. Quick, let's do it fast. Charles. No uh, commentary. Let's just uh, be, pick th- me a name.
2: Okay, this one I'm going to go Dan Clark, the lineman from Saskatchewan
3: Okay Will
1: Stanley Bryant From Winnipeg Yeah
4: Phil Stanley Bryant, Winnipeg Okay
3: Special teams Oh, sorry, we're going to go Eastern Division here, i got to flip page again uh, in Hamilton, we have uh, uh, Chris Van Zeel. Toronto is Sean McEwen. Ottawa has Nolan McMillan. And Montreal has Kristen Matt. Charles? Uh,
2: yeah, I'm going to go with Chris Van Zeel from Hamilton.
3: Okay. Will?
1: Ditto for me.
4: Phil? Hands down, Chris Gonzalez. And I'm doing the same. Okay, special teams
3: player of the year for the Western Division. We have uh, BC Lions, Sergio Castillo. Edmonton is Sean White. Calgary Stampeders is Nate Hawley. Saskatchewan is John Ryan. And Winnipeg is Mike Miller. I honestly don't think any of these guys deserve it, but that's beside the point. Charles, who are you going to pick?
2: Uh, I'm going with Sergio Castillo, highest uh, field goal percentage in the
1: CFL. William? Uh, I'm going with Nate Hawley. Kickers don't count, Charles.
4: Yes, you've (laughs) said that before. (laughs) Phil? Sergio Castillo
3: Yeah, I'm going with Castillo as well And that's not really a homer pick Because I haven't made any homer picks uh, Over in the eastern division We have uh, special teams Frankie Williams Toronto's Chris Rainey Ottawa, Richie Leone Montreal is Boris Bede. I know you all want to call him Boris Beatty, but I was listening to the Montreal Alouettes broadcast the other day on Sirius FM, and that's how the French uh, announcer did it. He said, it's Bidet. And the, who I was traveling with said, fuck, I'd change my name if that was it. Uh, okay. Eastern Division special teams. Charles, you got it. Go.
2: Uh,
1: Frankie Williams from Hamilton.
3: Williams.
1: Is it Williams Isn't a bidet an ass, is asshole cleaner? Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. I, 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 yes, but <laughs> I, I, go I go think it <laughs> works the other way <laughs> on women. Okay. I'm just,
1: okay. I'm gonna go with, the, with the, with the. <laughs> I'm going with the Hamilton guy. <laughs> That's Williams. not really his name, is it? What yes, Williams.
3: Bidet. What, Boris Beattie? Really? Yes. <laughs> well, in French, you would pronounce it bidet. Okay. Okay. I know
4: I'm
1: Phil. going with Williams.
4: Bill? And I'm okay. Uh, of course, it only comes down to Boris Beattie and, and Williams. And I've seen some scintillating returns out of Williams, and those excite me. So I'm going with Frankie Williams. Yeah,
3: I'm doing that as well. Okay, Rookie of the Year B.C.E. Lions is Javon Cote. Uh, Edmonton is Vontae Diggs, Nate Hawley, uh, Dakota Sheepley, and Kenny Lawler. Charles, come
2: on. Ooh, I mean, it's stuck in between two guys. Um, Name them. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm, I'm looking at both Nate Hawley and Kenny Lawler. I'm gonna go with Nate Hawley.
3: You're going with Hawley.
2: Yes.
4: Okay. And Will. Hawley. Hawley. And Phil. For me, it comes down between two guys: Dakota Shepley, not Shepley, and and Kenny Lawler. Um, Who are you picking? Uh, Uh, I guess i got to go home. Dakota Shapley.
3: Okay. I'm taking uh, Lawler. Oh, shit. I did that wrong. I put that on the Eastern Division thing. So give me a minute here. Just for a sec. Holly Sheepley. And Lawler. Okay, we'll just script these off on the Eastern Division. Eastern world, it is exploding. Sorry. Hamilton Tiger Cats is uh, Jalon Acklin. Keenan Gilchrist from Toronto. Uh, Ottawa is Jared Fernandez. And Wake, Jake Wienikey. Wienikey. Wienikey? Sounds like small we he's got a small dick. <laughs> Teeny Weeny. <laughs> God I'm funny.
2: God I'm funny. Charles, Eastern Division. Uh, yeah. Um this is no brainer for me. It's um um uh, Jalen Ackland from Hamilton.
4: Well, Ditto for me.
3: You're not going to take the tiny weenie? Phil. Hands down, Jalen Atten. Yeah, that's unanimous. Okay, so I've got those written down here. Those are our scores, our picks for the year. Uh, While we're at it, do we want to do coach of the year? Well, that's another segment coming up later. Actually, I, I know that. that. I was just wondering if we want to well, do we, that, but they, yeah, they don't, don't do we, Coach of the Year. They don't do Coach of the Year in an East-West format, so no, we're not going to do, do that. that. No, they do not. So we'll we, we'll move on. We'll move on. Okay. Rick Campbell says he has not been told either way whether he will return to coach in Ottawa next year. Do we expect him back? I'm going to throw this out there right now just so that nobody steals my thunder. Uh, Rick Campbell will not be back in the Ottawa region. He will not be coaching the Red Blacks next year. He will join his buddy Brock Sunderland, his QB Trevor Harris, and his receiver Greg Ellingson in Edmonton. Jason Maz is toast. That's my prediction. Rick Campbell's going to go play – Coach football in his dad's town. Will he be back in Ottawa, Charles?
2: Not a chance. Uh, He's done. Uh, It's time for him to move on. I think both him and Brock Sunderland, or excuse Brock Sunderland, uh, him and uh, Marshall Desjardins are are finished in Ottawa.
3: Well, Desjardins has done dick squat for that team period, since Brock Sutherland. And I would have to say yep. that Brock Sutherland was the one that was moving the Red Blacks along, not Marcel Desjardins.
2: Well, the, 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 this is, um, I mean, that's the thing. Ever since uh, Sutherland left Ottawa, that's when the decline started.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, I, and, I, I, and, I just, and pissed off Trevor Harris.
2: And, and this season's. A lot of people will say, well, they, won the, or they were in the Grey Cup last year. They had a bad year. Uh, do they not get, you know, a little bit of a grace period? But when the season, this team has been an embarrassing train wreck. We went over it last week. A season like this, yeah, you can't bring these guys back.
3: No one would have confidence in them. It would be different. And I, I honestly believe that it's different if these were rookies. Rookie coaches, mm-hmm. right? You, you, there, there's some grace in there in, in a rebuild. But they're, that's not where they are right now. These guys are, are, are veterans. They've been to the Grey Cup. They've won a Grey Cup. And and now they've absolutely imploded the team? No, I'm sorry. I, he, he, he can't stick around. William, what's your thoughts on that? Do you agree with that? And where do you think Rick Campbell will land? Does my theory on Edmonton have any merit? Again with the mic. Turn it on. I'm going to have Will. to go to Phil. Yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> no, I have something in my hand, sorry. Um, yes, there's a lot of merit to what you're saying. And, you know, he's going home to where his daddy coached. Yeah. And you know what? Rick Campbell, Rick Campbell was a good coach in Calgary. Um, when he oh, was I'm here. not saying he's a bad coach. Uh, he had nothing to coach No, this I know. Year. True that. And yeah, that falls on Desjardins. But uh, yeah, I could see that happening. I could see that happening. That sounds like he will definitely not be back in Ottawa. That's for sure.
3: Okay, so well, the synopsis is he's out of Ottawa, and Edmonton is a possibility for him. I mean, yeah. Winnipeg could be a possibility for him too, and from reports today, it could even be BC. Who knows? Um, and and Toronto's going to need a coach. Phil Campbell staying in Ottawa? Absolutely not. He's gone. Okay. Where do you think
4: he'll land? I'm with you, Christopher. It'll be with the Edmonton Eskimos.
3: Okay. I think it's just it's got the makes the most amount of sense.
4: hmm
3: I mean it you know, going back with Sunderland and Trevor Harris, I mean, hey shit. He went to the gray cut with Trevor Harris.
2: And also hey, the I, fact that his dad coach there for a long
4: time too so he's yeah, got
3: that connection
4: as well yeah going back for where his daddy played uh no his daddy played in saskatchewan
3: no 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 his daddy played coach in edmonton
4: yeah sorry played football in saskatchewan played that's, coach in edmonton yes you put it right played coach yeah
3: he played coach in edmonton okay so we're going to move on from rick campbell uh, are we going to take a shot at any other coaches? Is there any other coaches in the CFL this year that are going to be fired? I think Corey Chamblin is gone from his position in yep. Toronto. I think uh, Michael Shea is gone from his position in Winnipeg, unless the Bombers win a Grey Cup. Uh, there's reports from Farhan Laughey that Yvonne Claybrooks is not safe in B.C. He is. I think he is. I think there's going to be a I shakeup be in back. B.C., I, I think we're going to lose Rich Stubler and possibly Jarius Jackson. I'm not upset about either of those, nope. uh, and, and and carry on. And uh, but I think uh, Clay Brooks is going to give a get get a pass on this year. Uh, and the fact that he actually made a good decision and got rid of uh, uh, Brian Chu, I I'm a little upset yeah, was that he hired Brian was, Chu to start that, with.
1: Was that his decision, though?
3: No. We don't know. We don't know if it was, right. but it was his decision to bring him in, and I think that was a bad decision. I don't think he made too many bad decisions on his coaching, so I'm I'm going to give Clay Brooks a pass this year. I, I'm not going to give him high marks. I, I'm impressed that he turned the year the, the season around, and uh, so be it. Uh, but uh, Corey Chamberlain in Toronto is gone. I don't think there's any doubt in that. Uh, Jason Moss is gone in Edmonton. And uh I I'm 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 leaning towards Mike O'Shea out of Winnipeg.
1: Anybody here's want to discuss a, here's this? A, here's, a, here's a here's a side note. If Calgary happens to win the Grey Cup or if they get close to winning the Grey Cup, I think you're going to see some coaches leaving Calgary. And only only for the fact that there's no future.
3: Well, I don't know if you can say you this think, in the future. What do you
1: think? What do you think of that? I think <laughs> Ryan Dinwiddie has. I think Ryan Dinwiddie has been behind Dave Dickinson for a long time, and I think if they don't make him the offensive coordinator in Calgary, I think he'll go somewhere else.
3: I I, I see Dinwiddie in BC. Yeah, I, think I can possible. see that, I too. If, that too.
1: only only if Claybrooks is still there. Yeah.
3: No, I'm not arguing with that. But I do see Dinwiddie going to BC as the OC.
1: Right. And uh, yeah, so could be some changes in Calgary. I mean, the the worst thing about being a successful program is guys leave, so they can, so they can advance their careers.
3: You you know, the person who I thought thought in the Calgary lineup that was gonna leave long before now is Mark Killen. And I really wasn't impressed with yeah. the special team's play this year.
1: He suck he's sucked this year. He has sucked. And, and honestly I'm I,
3: I not impressed.
1: I don't know if it's because they've had so many injuries and they've had to take 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 Winton Winton McManus who's the middle linebacker for Calgary right now. He is a special teams freak, and they've more or less taken him off of special teams because he's playing linebacker.
3: Yeah. And
1: right. uh, there's been a couple of guys like that, so.
3: Okay. Uh, Phil, you got anything to add?
4: Uh, only that, uh, come on, William. It's not like the Calgary Stampeders or Alabama or anything. They're not feeding the league that much with coaching staff. But I, I, I kind of like your, your idea of, the, of sending the uh, quarterbacks coach, Ryan Didwitty, to you, – uh, you,
1: you, think, you think about the coaches that have been Calgary, in Calgary over the last 10 years, okay? A lot of guys have left Calgary because there's no room for advancement.
4: Oh, and I agree with that. Yeah, when your I mean, your head coach is the offensive coordinator and 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 your general manager is, is I, a great I, offensive I, I mind just, and John Hopkins. I don't
1: know if you guys I don't know if you guys realize this, but this has been the most successful decade in St. Peter's history.
3: Oh, without question.
1: Well, yeah,
2: that yeah is
3: a but far and away. Nope, nobody's gonna. Well, yeah, that there, was
1: those, there was those Buono Flutie teams that were pretty good too. But they always lost in the Western Finals. They always choked so. in the playoffs.
4: Only yeah. if it was cold.
3: Okay. So uh do we think Michael Shea is staying in Winnipeg? Yes or no? Charles? I don't think so, no. Will? Nope. Phil?
4: Not if he didn't vote for Andrew Harris for MOP, he won't be.
3: Okay, he's gone. How about Jason Moss in, in, um, in Edmonton? Phil?
4: Nope.
3: Will? Nope. Charles?
2: Nope, his time's up.
3: How about Corey Chamblin in Toronto? Will? No. Charles? No, no, can't see it. And Phil, you're going to make that unanimous.
4: Can I? Am I allowed to say maybe? No. Nope. Then it's no. So I, I think we've
3: got some coaching movement here. We've got at least four teams in the CFL that are going to lose their head coaches this year. Corey Chamblin in Toronto, Michael O'Shea in Winnipeg, Jason Moss in Edmonton, and Rick Campbell in Ottawa. So this is the first first year in a long time that I think that the coach in Montreal is secure. I really do. There's no way that Kahari Jones will have the intern coach label removed from him this year. He's coming back. Yep. Yeah. If if they don't, he's stupid. Mm-hmm. And since I think the league is currently owns them. They have yep. no real choice.
4: What do you guys think about this <coughs> rumor that was just started on purpose in Saskatchewan on a radio show? It's not a real rumor that we see uh, NLSC in uh, combination with TSN convince the league to increase or uh, not look at the coach's salary cap. And with the collapse of the Cleveland Browns, that Ferdy Kitchen gets fired and Chris Jones becomes available and ends up being the head coach and director of football operations in Toronto for the Toronto Argonauts. I can't
3: say wow. that it's impossible. I hadn't heard that, and I can't argue it. It's so not a rumor.
4: I, it's not a rumor. It's a projection. Just And just think about it for a moment.
1: I would say no.
3: I I think it's Michael Shea is going home. That that's kind of <coughs> My
1: think to do. And
2: I you know no what, even if Jones. Chris Jones
3: was available, I think Michael Shea is going home.
1: Mm-hmm. I Could think, we see Chris think Jones think Chris, in Winnipeg? No. I think no, Chris Jones. Jones has Chris Jones has too big of an ego to go backwards. And yeah. he would consider the CFL no. backwards.
4: The only thing that would bring Chris Jones back to the CFL is a change in the, in the salary cap for, for coaches and management, and the only people that could do that is MLSE. I, I,
3: I don't think it's going to happen. I think he would go NCAA before he would come back. He, he's coaching four-down football is what he wants to do. That's just chair assessment,
4: NCAA. NCAA would would give him what he wants too. Is is he wants a great salary?
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't think we're going to see Chris Jones back in the CFL ever. No, and he it, if he does, he, his ego is going to say that he's a failure. Yeah. I could see that too.
4: My eyebrows are raised. In what capacity? Well, that he's a failure in the CFL? Or that no, 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 a no, 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 no,
3: no. That coming back to the CFL, he would consider
4: that a failure? Oh, I don't think so. I think he's a bigger man than that.
3: Mm. I think he's a tiny no, he's little not. man. No, he's not. <laughs> no, he's not.
2: <laughs> Chris Jones's ultimate goal was always to get to the NFL. He was always looking ahead.
1: He's American through and through. He wants to be yep. in the NFL. He wants to be a head coach in the NFL. He, and he'll never come back to the CFL.
4: He absolutely wants to be a head coach in the NFL. Yeah. But the thing is with Chris Jones,
2: would you even in the CFL call him a great head coach? No. He was ev- yeah, a good no, head I would.
3: coach. I would. Would you? I would. Yeah, I would. Okay. I think that he has the ability to motivate and move his team forward. And and he, he absolutely performed a miracle in Edmonton. Yeah. Okay? I think he's an awesome head coach. I think he's a clusterfuck as a general manager.
2: Right. General manager, sorry. He was a good coach, but he was a terrible <laughs> general manager.
3: Oh, yeah, absolute idiot.
2: Yeah. Don't,
3: don't let him pick players. Let him coach them.
2: And he was a notorious rule breaker.
3: Yeah but that fits in with the NFL.
4: So, yeah. That makes you know, him an outstanding general manager. Yeah. I've I, never seen weaknesses in the general management. How about your offense?
3: Mm-hmm. Um, or lack thereof.
4: Eh, oh, you get could get accuse him as a head coach, I think, you know, as a head coach, but I, I don't think you could accuse him as a general manager. It wasn't like he didn't have the people in place. Um. Well, I guess it was. Yeah, Brandon Bridge yeah. was a fucking fucker fuck. fuck. Oh, Any, anything to oh, do with Brandon Bridge was a real big mistake. Absolutely. Oh, That's, wait a
1: minute, though. I was praising the Saskatchewan Rough Riders earlier. Here's the other thing that I didn't mention this year. This year, their offense outscored their defense. That
3: was impressive. I know. Very impressive. <clears throat> yeah. Not like and last most aggressively
4: with except for scoring, our defense in twenty nineteen led the rider defense in twenty eighteen in most categories,
3: yeah yeah it, it's a better team, and i no question about that, okay, so let's move on uh Jason Moss because they that have is a leading good head coach this year who
1: got you on,
3: yeah, well. An amazing coach. Uh, Jason Moss says that he is leaning towards resting Trevor Harris for this week's game against Saskatchewan. Is this smart considering Harris's recent injury issues? The fact he just got pulled off a six-game injury list, played one game, and now they're going to rest him? Granted, they need to rest him because his injury needs to heal properly. B, he needs some game time. He needs to get up to playing speed. That's a reason to play him. Uh, If they play him and he gets injured in the final game of the season and then he's useless in the playoffs. Oh my God. I would not want to be Jason Moss at this point in time because he's damned no matter what, what direction he goes. So the fact that he's not coming back to Edmonton, I would play the son of a bitch. My take on it, go for gold, right? Go play him, play him hard and get him up to speed Take them into Montreal and see if you can take, uh, take the Alouettes out And then go play Hamilton uh, I would not rest them, Absolutely not Phil, you going to rest Trevor Harris or you going to play him
4: Well it's interesting As a horse person as yourself You'd probably understand this uh, Analogy I would uh, describe Doing what you suggest as Riding them hard and putting them away wet when you've got a playoff game that's coming up the following week. And if you really believe that you're going to make it to the Grey cup. And I really believe the only way that Jason Moss is going to be, be able to save his job in, in in the city of Edmonton is if they win the Grey cup or go to the great cup. So no, I'm going to be, I'm going to be saving my number one quarterback for that playoff game in Montreal.
3: So you're going to rest him. Absolutely. Okay. Will, you're gonna rest Trevor Harris. Or you're gonna play him. Well,
1: I'm uh, gonna rest him. Um, okay, but I was thinking Phil's Phil scenario. I would I would <laughs> I would play the badge this weekend with the same philosophy Phil had for Trevor Harris.
3: <laughs> what what ride, ride him hard? And put him away wet. <laughs> <laughs> yes
4: Just keep them warm
3: I know some girls out Never mind um, Yeah Okay hey, Charles what do you think I'll, there I'll, I'll, gonna, Are you resting Trevor Harris Or are you going to play him You know what he
2: hasn't played uh, Hardly in the last six weeks I think I would play him for at least a quarter Or maybe a half and then <clears throat> In the second half I don't think he needs to get back up in into game speed after being out so long. So, I would play him. I wouldn't play him the whole game, but I'd play him for at least a quarter, maybe a maybe a
3: half. Okay. So you and I have him. Got we're playing him, and Will and Phil are resting him. Okay.
1: I've got a question. For, I've got a question for you guys, real fast. Just okay. give me your rankings, okay? The West, top four quarterbacks going into the playoffs. Bo, Trevor Harris, Cody Fajardo, and come on, who's the other guy? Zach who's the other the the guy? Guy in Winnipeg? Oh. Zach Kolaris. No, no, Zach Calaris. Zach Kolaris. Rank them one, two, three, and four.
3: Zach Caleros, Cody Fajardo, uh Bo Levi Mitchell, Trevor Harris.
1: Charles?
2: I'm going to go Bo Levi, Zach Caleros. Um, no, excuse me. Bo Levi, Cody Fajardo, Zach Caleros, and uh, Trevor Harris.
1: Phil?
3: Phil? Bill? Come on, guys. Keep your oh, mics sorry, on from now on. Sorry. when I heard when I heard
4: Mark say uh, Bo, and then Trevor Harris, and then Cody Fajardo, I just got pissed off and walked out of the room.
3: Oh, calm the fuck down already. Mark, you got not even here. you got to get you, you got to get a handle on your emotions, but That was
1: Charles. That,
3: that was Charles. Charles. Mark's not here. Oh, Mark. I,
1: but
2: I cor- <laughs> I corrected myself. That was not uh, I. I said the wrong name.
4: Sorry, I, th- I thought it was Will that said, it, said that. No, no, though, no, that was Charles. I haven't oh. gone yet. I haven't gone no, yet. I, I tried to sneak for a pee again and got caught. I'm going to have to send a message. Um, Fix your bladder. So, I'm, yeah, it's small nowadays. I'm going to go with uh, Cody Fajardo. You're ranking four. And four. Yep. Bowling by Mitchell. Zach Taleros. And Trevor Harris. Okay.
3: Will, run him around. What's your picks?
1: Bull, Her- Bull, Harris, Calaris, Pajardo. You got Harris number two? Yep.
4: See, I knew he was going to – I you would know, have been pissed you. off. Anyway.
3: What are you getting <laughs> pissed off about? The guy's allowed his opinions. CJ. Because you don't like it. CJ. CJ. Oh, you went already. Okay. I went. I went. I, I got yeah. Zach Kalaros, okay. number one, and Cody Fajardo, number two. Yes. Bolevi Mitchell, I three. That. And uh, Trevor Harrison, four. Okay. Running around the table. Farhan Lauji says the, the Lions owner, David Braley, is like to make changes this off season. What are the changes he is most likely to make? I. He's talking about uh, – he's still trying to sell the team. Uh, he's got nobody, nobody at this point in time that's interested in stepping up in the Vancouver area. He has got several different um, groups from America that are interested in buying a team, and he's got one group from the back east uh, uh, Toronto area that wants to purchase the team. Uh, he's reluctant to sell it to any group that's not in based in Vancouver, He's also said that the, the coaching manager and coaching staff needs to be shaken up or at least reviewed. So there's going to be reviews on November 2nd uh, or right after the, the games. So do we think what's going to happen? What's his big changes that's going to happen? I don't think he's going to sell the team. I, I don't think he's going to sell the team this year. Uh, I think Dave, uh, Devon Claybrook's job is safe. Uh, I think at this point in time, the Hervey's job is safe. And I think the uh, we're going to lose our coordinators, Rich Stubler and Jarius Jackson, of which I'm not overly concerned about. That's my take on the BC Lions. I'm going to throw it over to Charles and let him play.
2: Yeah, I don't think Devon Claybrooks is going anywhere. Um, I think he's got at least another year um, to kind of right the ship. Uh, I do think we're going to see coordinators like you said. I don't think Stuber will be back. I don't think Jarius Jackson will be back. I really hope Kelly Bates is back uh, because he's helped. Uh, he he should have been there in the first place. Mentally, yeah, he should have been there right off the bat. Um, hopefully, they have enough common sense to actually re-sign Sean Lemon, like uh, unlike last off-season, which was incredibly stupid. Um, I don't know. I, I get the feeling that um, if he found the right buyer, he would sell the team. I don't think he found it yet.
3: I don't think the right and buyer is there. Right at the moment? No. And I I have some inside information on this, and I don't want to share it, but I think there is a billionaire buyer in B.C., and we have to wait for an event.
2: Wait for an event. Okay, that's little... all I'm going to say. I'm all I'm going to say that, about
3: though. it. We have to wait for an event. Okay. And I'll tell you guys off the air, but I don't want this going public.
2: That makes sense. Yep. So there will be some changes, although I don't, I don't know about Ed Hervey. I can see a, I can see a scenario where he's he leaves, but I'm not 100 percent positive that's going to happen. I think this crew, if it was. My bet. I think uh, Herbie Claybrook's get at least one more year to try and right the ship. But we are going to see some change in the coordinators.
3: Yeah. Okay. Um, William, throw this one out at you, my friend.
1: I is there anybody currently on on the Lions that can take over those coordinator positions?
3: I I would bet against it. I think the the, the entire Lions coaching staff is too young. (coughs) Uh, You have to go outside and do that, and I would think that it would be Ryan Dinwiddie would be my first choice. And yeah. And uh, yeah. Okay. You you want to hear something really stupid? I thought of this today, and I'm going to say that it's stupid because I don't really think that it's going to happen. I've never seen it happen, and I kind of – maybe it has down in the States, but I've never seen it up in Canada. I'd love to see a co-coach, co-head coach between Devon Claybrooks and Jamie Elizondo. Yes, I know he's <clears throat> signed in the XFL. Yes, I know he's a, a brilliant offensive mind. And uh, Devon Claybrooks needs to focus on the defense – and Elzondo needs to focus on the offense, and they co-coach. They're the co-head
1: coach.
3: they are the co head coach i to something see that. I'll
1: put out, here's something I'll put out there, and you guys remember I said this. The next head coach of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers will be Kahari Jones.
3: Ooh. Hmm. Hmm
1: remember who he played with
3: uh, I, I yeah I know but I I think that you're going to lose uh Paul Lapolice I think he's, he's expecting okay. the position
1: and 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 don't be surprised if Paul Lapolice ends up in BC next year
3: No I wouldn't be
1: if if you're if you're going to change the head coach in Winnipeg you're gonna change the entire the entire coaching staff, I'm pretty sure.
3: Are you gonna change your, your Kyle Walters um general manager? I think Wade Miller's secure, but no, I don't, but I, I don't know if Kyle Walters is.
1: No, I think he is. Okay. For some reason. I think he is. But no I I can see them blowing up that whole staff. And hey, I think the only I'm, guy I'd like to keep, only guy I'd like yeah. to keep is Buck Pierce, to be honest with you.
3: Yeah. Could you see Buck Pierce going to BC?
1: Mm, possibly. Maybe. Because he's not an no, he's not is he the offensive coordinator in Winnipeg? No, he's not. No. That's Paul Lap Police. He's yeah. Quarterback. Yeah. Buck's had what he's
3: a quarterback. Buck's coach.
1: had three three or four years now? Yeah. I think it is. Right? Yeah. So well that's, that's why that's why
3: I see Paul Apolis going up to head coach and Buck Pierce going offensive coordinator. I see that happening in Winnipeg. Yeah, I, I just I, I, I just do.
1: I don't think I don't think they'll ever hire Paul Apolis as the head coach again.
3: Yeah, but it's not his fault that Joe Mack destroyed that team underneath him.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I just I still don't think he's that good. He got I him back really Gosh who did a great cup. The Winnipeg. Bombers. They
2: didn't win 2011 it. 2011 against into the BC. Games,
1: 2011. Well, yeah, but that was more on Winnipeg's defense, was it not?
3: Well, that was Swaggerville at that point in time. But, right, and you don't know, forget, you
1: know. Buck, Buck Pierce was laying on the carpet most of that season, concussed. So.
3: Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm watching time here. We're running real short. Um... Bill, what's your take on this one? BC Lions, anything interesting going on? We're, we're going to have to do with coach Braille, of the year next show, uh, Charles. With yeah. Bra- That's fine.
4: With Bradley getting involved, I would say everything's off the table. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Devon Claybrooks uh, is no longer the head coach of the BC Lions at the end of this year. And I wouldn't be surprised if the decision or the call comes down to one quarterback named Mike Riley about who the head coach is going to be next year. And that's a sad situation. That's all i got to say on it.
3: I don't think Mike Riley has a problem with uh, Devon Claybrooks. Neither do I.
4: Oh, I don't think so either. I just think it might come to that, where the owner is actually going to have a conversation with Mike Riley at the end of the season. If
3: you went and had a chat with Anthony Calvillo and asked him if he wanted to have uh, Mark Tresman as his head coach, I know what the answer would be. Uh, Mark Tresman
4: would say, or Anthony Calvillo would say yes, resoundingly. Yeah. But if he already doesn't trust his offensive co- coordinator, is what you're making it sound like, then I would say if the coordinators in both the deep, and the defense coordinators are in question, then I think you've got to put the head coach in question. in the cfl
3: you you're you're correct but because he's a rookie because he just took over because of all of those things he gets a pass whether he deserves it or not i think he's going to get a pass Mm -hmm. rich stubler who has been a staple of the cfl with his bend-but-don't-break defense, is getting really, really stale. There's no ingenuity here. There's no pizzazz in the defense anymore. It's not there, okay? The game has passed him by. I can't say that about Jarius Jackson because I don't think he's ever had a full grasp on that position, okay? Uh, Run the fucking ball. Okay. No, I mean, part of that's on her that he didn't. In, in, in honesty, in my opinion, he didn't get uh, a quality running back in BC. Yes, John White it, it was stellar, and who else did we have in there? We had Sutton in there for a while. Uh, I think the, the biggest mistake they made was letting Jeremiah Johnson walk away, um, but. You know, hey, that's that that's that's on Hervey, that's not on Claybrooks, that's certainly not on uh, Jarius Jackson. But you gotta run the ball. You have to you have to balance your it's a CFL. The run sets up the pass. You wanna have the best passer in the C F L? Run the ball. Okay, the show's agree with. with that. Uh, yeah, I got yeah, Blog Talk bitch just told me there's ninety seconds left in the show. So uh, yeah, we're going to do the Coach of the Year uh, segment on the next podcast uh, after the other games. Put it on earlier in the in the thing, so it's not at the end there, Charles. Just in case we get spun okay. around, because yep. we got to get we got to get that one done before they they award the, the yep. goddamn thing. And we'll probably up. end up with. I don't think we're going to get the other things. Anyhow, we're in 60 seconds, so this is it. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 408. I've been your host, Christopher. Uh, thank you very much for listening to us babble about uh, the CFL. It's uh, always a slice, always a prize. I'm I'm so honored to be with these great people. Uh, say good night to the fans out there, Charles. Good night, folks.
2: Thanks for listening.
3: We'll talk to you at the end of the regular season on
4: Sunday. Phil. Thanks for listening. Remember, the two most important times are Saturday at 2 p.m. Mountain and 8 p.m. Mountain for the games that matter. Okay. William?
1: Good night, everybody.
4: Go bad.
3: (laughs) Okay. Take care. Be safe. Happy Halloween, everybody.